Hi everyone and welcome back to the Fill Your Boots podcast. Today I am joined by Team GB heptathlete Neve Emerson. It's great to have you on. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So Little Birdie told me you are world junior champion. That is <laughs> literally insane. Tell me about that. <laughs> it was quite a long time ago now, but um, yes, um, that was in 2018. Um, it's actually the last heptathlon I've done, which is crazy. Like, um, but yeah, yeah. Incredible, incredible. So obviously what you do is like completely different to what I do and what most of my followers would kind of like know about, which is why I for one find it like super interesting. So I'm going to ask you literally so many questions. Um, but do we want to start by going... How how did you get into athletics? I read that you got into it when you were nine, which is obviously so young. Um, how did you get started? And was it like an instant, like, I love this sport. I have to do this sport. Yeah, it, it was like, so yeah, I started, started when I was nine because you, I think, I think there's some sort of rule like you can't compete until you're nine or you can't compete until you're 10, like something like that. And I remember starting like, on my birthday oh. um, I, I literally I can't remember the exact age but I just remember it being my birthday on the Saturday and I went to the athletics club um which is really cute like uh but I um my mum was a big runner and mm. so I used to do a lot of running with her and a lot of um cross country at school and a lot of sports hall athletics which I feel like quite a lot of people did and then I just really wanted to do um, sport, well, athletics. So that's kind of how, how it happened. Amazing. Were you always a really sporty kid? Because I yeah. was not at all. So. Really? <laughs> yeah, I just that surprises me. I know. I, I always wanted to do it, I think. I went to a school where, like, you if you did it already, you could kind of, like, carry on. But if you were crap at everything, like I was, like, there was no route in. <laughs> so I was like, okay, this is me now. <laughs> It makes sense though. Like a lot of my friends were like that. They they just was never never ever sporty. So it was kind of like I'm just not going to go there. But yeah. no, I was the really sporty girl, and I would like beat all the boys, and I'd love it. Like I was really tomboyish as well. So like it it would just I yeah I loved it. So that was me as a kid, and then I kind of like um, just. I feel like as soon as you get into the world of athletics or like the world of like any sport really as a kid you're then just completely taken in and it's like you know you do like your county level and then you try and do like little mini internationals and then you just lost really lost <laughs> that's a good way of <laughs> just not lost in athletics <laughs> that was me from like I'd say like 12 to like uni I was just obsessed <laughs> and then yeah you're at love you study at Loughborough right yeah yeah, yeah. What do you do there now? So I'm still doing my undergrad, which is really funny because I started in 2017. <laughs> and like a lot of my um, friends all graduated in 2020 or, right. or 2021 if, if they did a placement. Um, but I'm still here because I took a leave of absence for like two years. Mm. Um, so I got um, really badly injured in 2019 mm. um, and uni was just a bit too much for me and I just kind of like I took a leave of absence and then Covid hit and it was all just a bit messy so but I'm I'm in my final year now. Amazing I'm gonna circle back to all the injury stuff later on but that's yeah that's really cool so you're like so put me in this sort of picture right now so you're at uni 
your level of competing now like are you doing it regularly now obviously now you're back post post injury which we'll come to later yeah yeah so I literally so it's it's funny because like I do uni but like I'm, I'm just not a uni student because yeah. my my days are like just wake up go to athletics yeah uh, it's training and then it's kind of like oh I'll, I have like like this year I only have my disc that's all I'm doing because I did it part-time yes. so um, it's quite flexible how do you find fitting that into your athletics? Well, the thing is, I actually have a lot of spare time and people, <laughs> are, really, people are really surprised by this. But like, honestly, like I'll get up, train, like some days we'll train like nine till like four, like it's crazy mm-hmm. um, because we've just got so much to fit in. And then we have like lunch breaks and then I get physio, but like, mm-hmm. that's only like, three days a week like the, the rest of the time I have all afternoon all evening and I'm yeah. just bored, bored. Yeah. be honest with me are you actually doing your diss at the moment <laughs> I, actually... I put it off so long so long and then I was under so much stress at the end <laughs> well I have so uh, it's actually funny I, I lied I, I was doing a little bit before um I came on here but I am um, I have this thing, it's really weird. It's like when you're meant to be doing something, I like refuse to do it. Mm, It's really weird. So like with my A-levels, like I was revising when you weren't supposed to revise and then it had come to like exam season. I'm like, I'm not revising. (laughs) So like, I'm happy doing my disc now because like you're not supposed to do it. (laughs) No, that's good. No, that's that's the best way round, I think, because- I need the time pressure. So like if, you know, yeah. I did it in the last few weeks when I was stressed out of my mind, if I'd actually just done it earlier, yeah. that would have been loads better. <laughs> like, no, I, I can't. I also as well, like I'm, I really enjoy summer and I just don't. And like, I'm also wanting to go on a training camp like in the next few weeks. And like, I don't want to be doing it. So yeah. Um, Organized. That's yeah. what that is. Nice. <laughs> So talk to me about competing because I I can only imagine how intense like the competing scene actually is. How is that? How do you deal with that pressure? To be honest, like it's really fun. Like there is pressure, but also like I've just always been really good at like I just compete for myself and it's just me versus me. And like I know that sounds really daft because like you're lining up on the start line and there's like seven girls next to you or, or like and you you're competing against them so like that sounds a bit daft but it's I'm I always just find I'm just so tunnel vision and I think doing heptathlon really helps that because it's kind of like so I'll I'll, I'll do a race and it doesn't matter where I finish it's just on my time so mm-hmm it's like the event lends me to be in even more tunnel vision. Whereas I talk to some of my friends who like do like hundred meters or hundred hurdles and like, they have to like beat people. And it's yeah, like, it makes sense actually. Yeah. yeah. And to be fair, it does make sense because when we get to the 800 in the heptathlon, it's weird. Like everyone stops talking, like mm. nobody's friends anymore. And it's like this really weird dynamic because it it, it feels more like, a race that you actually have to beat people in the 800 because it's like 
I'll go into the 800 and I'll be like, okay, I need to beat this girl by two seconds. I need to beat her by one second. She can beat me by three, mm. but if she beats me by four, she's beat me. So it yeah. feels a little bit more. And that again is stressful. Yeah. For those people that don't know, that's the last yeah. event, right? So it's the one that's like, right, we, you know where you stand. So it's like, yeah. okay, right, I need to, I need to do well in this one. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So for people that don't know, um, heptathlon is, um, seven events over two days, and then you have hurdles, high jump, shot put, two hundred, and then you come back the next day and do long jump, javelin, eight hundred, mm. and then you get points based on how far you throw and jump, and it's universal, so that you get the same points every time. Yeah, how is that doing two days back to back? I've always wondered that. Do you feel battered, or are you used to it? No, you're, you're like there's there's this thing with like competing. It just hits different, mm. and like you're, you are exhausted, and like we'll do more. So, you know the heptap. So like day one, we'll do more than that in training. Like, yeah. but competing, it's just different. You're, you're like, yeah, it just hits hard. You just the pressure so is tiring as well yeah. as dealing with all of that. Yeah, proper. What do you do then? So on your talk me through like your first day you've done your first day what yeah. do you do that evening to kind of like chill yourself out to be honest like you, you kind of just it's weird you're kind of just not and you just kind of just yeah you kind of just basically allow the fact that you're just absolutely knackered and you don't go to bed like so so late like we have recovery strategies so like we'll ice bath we'll like sleep in compression tights and like eat loads of food and just carb load and we have like cherry actives and we have loads and loads of strategies but essentially you you just know you're going to wake up on day two and your legs are just going to be dead and you just got to firm it <laughs> yeah I can totally imagine myself like just not sleeping all night because I'll just be wired and stressed yeah all the caffeine you've taken and also like you're so high because you're competing and you're just and then you're you're just thinking about tomorrow and you're so nervous. Yeah, yeah, mad. Recipe for disaster. We need to Can they at least yeah. give you like a day in between to just like chill? No, honestly, if there was a day in between, it would be a com- worse. No, no, no. Um, no, I actually, I don't know because it is back to back days. Because I also talk to my other friends that are like individual eventers, and when they have rounds, they say that like. Because sometimes as well, like if their like knees hurt or their tendons or something, like they can do a long jump um, qualifier, and then they've got a few days to kind of like chill out, and then the finals. So it's like it's yeah. fine. Whereas yeah. heptathlon, like it's the day after you wake up and suddenly you're like, oh, this hurts and that hurts. Whereas you got away with it on day one. But, but, yeah. yeah. Oh well, just gotta suck it up, haven't you? Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Two ways about that. <laughs> so okay random one off on a limb but obviously you talked about lockdown earlier yeah oh my god what a hard time that was for well for loads of people but obviously athletes because you guys literally just couldn't you couldn't even train could you really um not in lockdown one no so how did that affect you at the time and like how did you manage to kind of work around that for your sport so lockdown was it was really strange for me because the Olympics had just been cancelled and I was actually really grateful for that, which because I'd just come back from my knee surgery and at the time when the Olympics had been cancelled, there was no way I, I wasn't making the team like in my head. And now I look back to old me and that setup and just me 
2020 I'm like oh my gosh like you you like you were never going as in like my body just how physically where where I was so when lockdown hit I do think it was a a little bit of a blessing for me but then also I do think it delayed me like it, it made me waste a year because I it was kind of like I didn't realize I needed to change things because it, it let me sit in like a big pool of like delusion and just being quite complacent and because I mean COVID hit and I carried on training completely but I didn't realize um I had things I needed to change mm. if that makes sense yeah. so so I carried on training and, and like made big progress and I, and I did a lot of running and I was really lucky. Well, I was really lucky because my granddad um like kind of like made me like this makeshift squat rack. Um, it was really cute. Yeah, it was really fun. And then my mum uh, did quite a lot of running with me and like we, we had like a big family like training. So it was really, really nice, actually. But it really hindered like you couldn't do like proper athletics training at all. Yeah. yeah. I trained in a gym in the third lockdown that was open that wasn't meant to be open and I literally got paparazzi one time there were literally reporters hiding in the hedge like they just had no chill like they were just determined to get a story out of this so yeah don't, don't worry you're talking to someone who's really been through it you know when you actually think about that like there were photographers trying to catch people going to the gym like yeah. it's crazy honestly like the first I think the first two lockdowns I trained in my garage and then the third one I was like I'm so sick of this shit I'm just gonna like go to this gym um <laughs> it was the dodgiest place ever honestly and it got to a point where I think I stopped going but people started dressing as like um like tradesmen and like painters and stuff to like get into this place <laughs> no that's so weird <laughs> It was so fucked. Sorry, language. So but like, it was so weird. But then these reporters were like hiding in their hedge outside the car park. <laughs> Such a weird time in my life. That, yeah, anyway. that COVID, crazy. Uh, I've totally lost my train of thought. So I can just see these men. Yeah, coming in, in like overalls. <laughs> that's actually so clever. So weird. But that's good that you could at least do something. Yeah, no, I see. This is the thing. I was coming back from knee surgery, and I we decided to just get rid of all jumping and just run. Um, so we we ended up making quite a lot of progress running. To be fair, so like athletics is great because you don't need any equipment. But then also like we 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 were like we kind of need hurdles, and it was it was a bit hard. We I was very fortunate, like in lockdown. So yeah. Amazing. So let's circle back because we've talked yeah. about injuries so much, but not really talked about them. So yeah. let's talk about that. So I saw that you tore, tore your patella, right? Yeah. yeah. That sounds horrendous. So as an athlete, I can imagine that that was, you know, totally devastating for you at the time. Like, did you, did you ever consider giving up, honestly? Or were you sort of like, right, I just need to get through this. This is just a bump in the road. So, so it's, it's quite, I've had, so I did tear my patella, yes, but I, so I tore my takeoff patella tendon in 2019 in April um, at this, it was at a heptathlon, it was, it was at Gotsis, which for like heptathletes, uh, athletics people would know, it's like a 
big hypo meeting for heptathlon and um I did it high jumping and then I didn't make it took me 14 months to fix that knee Mm. yeah which is just mad like normal like it was a really really bad tear it was like three quarters of it was torn um but also I had a really bad time with like physios coaching like my rehab was just done it was it was just not really done very smoothly Mm. and then obviously COVID in the middle which probably delayed it like I said by way more but I I and then I then broke well then I got a stress factor in my like I moved coaches because I was like I'm done with this I can't deal with this anymore and then got a stress fracture in my navicular Mm. which was that was really really hard and then I was kind of like okay I kind of want to give up that was because it had then been um a long time it'd been like two maybe three years since I'd I'd done athletics um and then I I kind of like I kind of silently did give up um this was in 2021 um because it was just so hard and like I really found that difficult but then I then tore my other knee I know I and then so I remember um I hadn't really come back from my foot because I, I so I kind of I did my rehab for my foot, but I didn't do any other training because I just couldn't. Like I, I mentally just really tapped out and I found it really difficult. And then I had finally, this was in 2021, so in September, I'd finally um, kind of fixed my foot and I'd, I'd found a new coach again. I had to move coach again. Um, and then I basically started training again. And then fluke out of nowhere, literally nowhere, my left knee just tore. Um, I was in the gym weightlifting and I was like, my knee feels really sore. I was like, that's so strange. So I was walking around and I was like, my knee feels really sore. I think I've just reactivated my tendonitis, like from old. I was like, and then I remember seeing the doctor. So we, we have like a British Athletics doctor and he's never in on this day. And he was just there. And I just was like, maybe I should just mention it because I wasn't going to say anything. Mm. But because when I tore my first right knee, it was so, like I couldn't straighten my knee. The leg was just dead. Couldn't walk anything. And this one, I could still walk. So I was like, this is really weird. And then I said to him, oh, my knee hurts. And he was a little bit like annoyed at me a little bit because he was like, knee, like, what like he was like because he he does like I'm so grateful for his support because he's really helped me and he was kind of just a bit like what's going on why does your knee hurt so like, honestly I don't know and then he was like right and he he put an ultrasound on it and he was like Neva, it's like not attached oh and I was like no 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 and obviously I'd like basically I'd literally given up athletics in that summer come back being like right I'm gonna try and compete again and then I was like no 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 that's that's not the case yeah. and he's like no, no no like I'm I need to send you for an MRI like you need to go see this surgeon guy uh, tomorrow or whatever and I, um and I was like oh this is a joke I was like at this point I was like so in denial um I was like you're being so dramatic 
And then I go to my surgeon appointment and he was like, right, we're going to do the same surgery on the right knee Mm. um, on this one. And like, this is like an incredible surgeon. And I just sat there and was like, I'm really sorry. I I don't mean to be rude, but like, no, like I'm not going to have this surgery because I was like, there's nothing wrong with my knee. At least I was really in denial. I just lost my head at this point. And he was like, no, like, and then he was like, oh. And then I was like, okay, um, well, I'm, I'm not going to have the surgery. And he's like, okay, that's fine. Like, I'm obviously not going to make you. So I went back to my to my doctor. I was like, yeah, I decided not to have the surgery. And he was like, Neve, you're having surgery in like two days. And I was like, okay. So, you know, I was literally like, he was like, you're booked in. And I was like, okay. So like, I went down. This all happened like, literally in the space of literally like four days. Mm. And then I had the surgery. And then I just literally just died inside. It was so bad. Yeah. Have they ever told you why, like, obviously the first knee that you did it was like an immediate pain yeah. why the second time on the other side was it not so sudden? so well it makes sense why it happened now like me now I look back and I'm like oh my god that was so chaotic that was so messy there's no no wonder all this stuff happened yeah. like but basically I started high jumping off my other leg in lockdown mm which makes no sense at all because I had no intention of moving sides, but like, it was just kind of the thing that um, at the time my um, coach decided to do. And I was like, okay. So I just started high jump off the other leg. And then because I hadn't like prepped my leg to high jump, it just, I got really bad tendonitis. And then, you know, I don't know, like if people know, but like tendonitis is just awful. And then I, I honestly think the reason it tore was because I was in, um, I was just, kind of like sad to be honest and just like really mentally just not in a good place so I think mm-hmm. you know when you're just not and I, I wasn't eating I wasn't eating like um what athletes eat I was just I I just was a normal person basically for the summer and then came back to training and it just tore I, I think um I think it was stress as well probably because I had um quite a lot of like just stressful things from like having to change coach again and I think it just basically all came out in this knee but I um ended up like having the surgery and I know this is so rogue but I actually think it was the best thing to ever happen to me Mm. because then I just restarted again and then I had so I had like the six weeks not being able to um like get out uh load it or anything and like stuff and then I started squatting on December like the 20 something I don't know and then it got to January the 1st and then I just decided right I'm gonna go to the Commonwealth Games and try and medal and gonna try and PB and it was like so rogue because I hadn't done I literally hadn't done athletics for like three years like don't get me wrong I had I had trained religiously I'd put so much effort into all my rehabs and everything apart from the 2021 my my foot um that was like a couple of months where I just completely tapped out but other than that for the other three years I'd done nothing but trained so hard Mm. I just we just got things wrong anyway so I just lived literally tunnel vision for five months Mm. and that's tough on so it taken me 14 months to fix my right knee and I fixed my left knee in five months. Mm, my goodness. Yeah, just be just like being like, I just was like, I did nothing but mm. 
athletics and like they recovered I did everything perfect everything right and then I've basically I ended up actually tearing my hamstring um which was inevitable like it was inevitable like you can't I, I like what I I did is you your body can't really like do it which is why my hamstring tore yeah which makes sense and that was fine like I so I didn't go to the Commonwealth Games I didn't medal I didn't do any of those things but um I then just spent the season training and then now I'm like looking to do a heptathlon in three months and like I'm really happy and so yeah in a really good spot now god yeah. it's hard isn't it, it injuries I, i've had an absolute run of them as well so i can relate and it is so demoralizing when particularly for you i mean i obviously train a lot but it's your livelihood so it's like mm. everything that you would do and everything that your life revolves around is just stopped in its tracks and yeah. particularly if you're the sort of person who you know you're really active you train a lot like that's just what you do having to sit back and just stop is the hardest thing in the world yeah it's awful it is I completely agree I think you, you're right it's like I think like when you have a major injury like they're awful and I think at the time I was too young to realize how bad it was and I was kind of in a big pool of delusion which now me looking back I think it was the best thing possible to just be really deluded that like and then to kind of cope like as a coping mechanism but like now if I was to get injured now I would I'm like oh my god like it sets you back so much you know you know when you're trying to compete like whereas I didn't realize at the time it was it's weird like I was I think really deluded but uh yeah but I'm good now so you're good we're gonna we're gonna hopefully have a really good stint for the both of us I know (laughs) again like it's the same for you though like when if you're trying to like you're dedicating so much time of your life, like you say, and you just can't do it. That is frustrating. Definitely, definitely. There are times when you're just like, I've put so much time and effort into this thing that I'm doing. And all for what? Like, for what? It does feel like that sometimes. But yeah, the best thing that you can do is exactly what you did and just kind of like focus on the things you can do. That's literally it, isn't it? No, exactly. I think... I, so my my gym coach, um, I remember him saying to me, it was it was really interesting. I because when I was rehabbing back from my, so it's quite confusing. Um, but this last one that I had, like this this five month one before I did a heptathlon last year, or attempted a heptathlon, I um, I remember my gym coach and my S and C and my new physio, like my my whole like new people who I was working with, they were like, you might not do a heptathlon on this year and I was like well I'm planning on doing one in five months time and they were kind of like okay but like you you're probably not gonna do it because realistically like the timelines don't do that and I was like okay well I am because I was like I'm just gonna do it like and I really it's really funny because I really respond well to like extreme things so like that was good for me I needed something extreme anyway um and my gym coach said to me, he was like, the way you're going to do this, if because he was like, because I was like, I just need one person to say that what this five month thing that I'm going to do a heptathlon in like five, six months is possible because then I'll crack on with it. And he was like, but you've like, we're not going to lie to you. And I was like, please, I just need one person to back me. And like my coach, my physio, my gym coach were all like, no, sorry. Mm. And then he was like, but like, why don't you just be the one person? And I was like, 
okay, fair. I was like, yeah, okay, I can, I can do that. <laughs> yeah, I, was like, I was like, great point, thank you. And then he was also like, um, the way you're going to do this is by focusing on like your mini goals. Like don't think about the heptathlon in five months. Just think about everything, like the mini stairs to getting up there. And yeah. I was like, that's such a great point. He was like, "You every week, Neve, you're not allowed to think about anything other than what you've got to do that week. So like by that, I mean, uh, on January, like the first or whatever, he was like, by January the 7th, you, you're going to need to like body weight squat. So I was like, cool. So like I had a week, but the only thing I was focused on was body weight squatting. And then after that, it was like, right, now you've got to body weight squat with weight. And I was like, okay. And then I just, it was crazy. Then just suddenly I've done six weeks of training and it was like, okay, now you can run. And I'm like, wait, what? And then it all just became, and then it was like this week, the only thing you can focus on is jogging. I'm like, okay. So I just was hyper obsessed with jogging and then suddenly you're back. So that's my advice for injuries. Just focus yeah. on like, And then you, suddenly you're like, oh my God, I'm here exactly exactly it's a tiny tiny little steps isn't it even if it feels like it's the smallest thing in the world that you should be able to do I've had the same thing lately because I've hurt my shoulder and I've had to go back to doing push-ups off the wall which in my head I'm like this should be really easy and it's the hardest thing for me to do at the moment without getting shoulder pain and it's like it feels stupid I'm in the gym just like I should not be doing this (laughs) I feel like an idiot but (laughs) it's like I have to and the thing is it does get you there it's just one step at a time isn't it I was gonna say if you if you master on the wall though like it is crazy because like I I don't know like maybe as well it could be I don't know why you like hurt your shoulder but a lot of my things were technical like flaws Mm. obviously like if you practice your different technique with it on the wall yeah (laughs) I know it's just demoralizing isn't it I can do like one set on a bench but then I have to go back to the wall <laughs> I'm like okay just, that's it for me <laughs> it's like how you just lose strength like that but you get it back just as quickly like yeah you... yeah it's just getting past the injury isn't it it's slow, slow but anyway moving on from your socials I love your socials by the way I'm gonna oh. tag them in this podcast um you seem to have such a really good like life balance which I am all for I know you said earlier that athletics doesn't take up all of your time but like (laughs) how do you find like balancing that because I'm sure like there are pressures particularly within any sort of sport to you know not be out drinking not be out doing this like how do you manage to maintain that kind of social balance whilst doing what you're doing so when like to be honest a lot of my friends do athletics um so it's we we really like understand each other and then also we kind of like because we're all on the same wavelength it's really fun to like we'll we'll like compete and then go out do you know what I mean so it's kind of like oh we've only got this many weeks and then we'll go out so it's quite nice because you're all in it together number one and number two like I don't it's really weird like I have no desire to really go out because mm. I'm so, so and, yeah because I'm so focused mm. whereas like but, but that's like unrealistic and this will probably like leave me in like I don't know a, a little bit of time like maybe I'll I'll be like oh I want to go out and stuff but like in the past w- when I was um a normal person <laughs> as in like I really would kind of be like oh I really want to like socialize and go out and I think it is important not to limit yourself and, and to, to do it 
mm-hmm. um, because then your training is better. You know, if you're happy as, as a gen, as a person, like your training is better. And my coach, because there's some girls in my training group who are a little bit younger and they're like in the uni, like, um, and he's always like, if, if you're going out, like it's absolutely fine, but you need to tell me so that I can just adjust training because like you do need to have a life as, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, and also I as well, I have a lot of interests outside of athletics and it, and it, it is my whole life, but also I'm, I can detach really easily and kind of, you know, so I think that's how I maintain my balance. I think um, that's a really good thing. Really yeah, important point. I completely agree. Mm, I think a lot of people get caught up, particularly in the fitness industry as a whole, like obviously sports is the same, but people mm-hmm. can get so wrapped up in like what this life is you know mm-hmm. it's like I go to the gym I you know eat my meal prep and I go to bed and like, that's it but it's really important I think to be able to detach and like you know on rest days you're not continuously thinking about oh we should be training right now it's actually you know oh yeah to switch off I think is absolutely key I complete I, I like I never do that like as in as in like I never on a rest day like that's it I'm tapped out like yeah. it's and I, I kind of have it like I go to training and I'm really serious, do everything. I come home, do all my recovery. But as soon as all that's done, that's it. Like I'm back to like normal. Like I'll just do normal me. So I'm really good at that. But I think um, it's because I also, again, like rest and I like <laughs> not doing athletics, but I also like doing it, you know, exactly balance. Yeah, definitely. Um. So I obviously come from a very aesthetic based kind of sport um but I absolutely love training for performance have you ever struggled even though your kind of sport is nothing to do with aesthetics like have you ever struggled with your body image or food or anything like that within the sport or has it just been you know never in your mind so this is really funny well not funny but this is really interesting because you said obviously like it's not an aesthetic based sport which, which it really isn't, but like, I think the perception of like athletes and people watching would say like, it's really aesthetic based, which is, which is really, it really contradicts because like your sport actually is aesthetic based, you know, you're, you're actually rated on your physique and in athletics, you're not rated on your physique, fine. But it's like, it's, I think it's a really big thing in athletics, A, because of like the clothes you wear, mm-hmm. like you're literally like half naked, like you're, you're wearing really skimpy, tiny little crop tops and pants. And so there's there's that aspect. So like, I, I know myself and 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 my quite a lot of my friends like will put our comp kit on and, just, uh, and obviously like I'm not competing yet. Like I've got, I've got 12 weeks before I'm gonna compete. So I'll look different in 12 weeks time. But like I got my comp kit the other day, uh, my Adidas kit, and it's so nice, but you put it on and you're like, oh my God, like I actually wouldn't, I don't feel confident going and competing right now, how how I like look, which is crazy because like, I do think that's daft because like I look absolutely fine. And I know that, but like the irrational side of my brain is like, because as well, there's like this weird thing that also, there's actual like we're told quite a lot like the leaner you are the faster you'll go or the leaner you are the higher you'll jump so there's that which is true to some respect that it is true but also it's like body weight um body to weight ratio or like weight to whatever it's called I've probably got the term wrong um 
Yeah, but, I know what you mean though, just for power, isn't it? Yeah, pa- yeah, power to weight ratio, that's it. Yeah. Um, so like there is that, but then also like there is a lot of people that under fuel and like don't eat enough and then your performance goes bad. So like it's quite the topic actually, like you, you've, it's quite the topic, but personally I think as well, I'm quite good at tunnel vision and being like, I don't look like this heptathlete. I don't look like her. Um, I don't have the same body type as her. So like, that's fine. I'll just try and do my body type, even though I still do feel like, Oh, I don't look like, do, do you see what I'm saying? So like, I do have normal human emotions and, and, and feelings like anyone would but I also I think I'm quite good at being quite tunnel vision and focused on performance Mm -hmm. so I think that helps as well because if you're improving and getting pbs and getting faster and jumping higher like it shouldn't really matter yeah Um, I I know a lot of my friends and and peers and and like other athletes it it can be quite hard for us I think Mm, definitely yeah I mean it's a point that sorry it's a point I always you know say to my clients and I think people who quite often get into the gym will do it because they want to look a certain way not because they want to perform a certain way um and whilst that's all well and good like you can't be continuously focused on how you look you need to focus on the performance aspect because like you say if you're getting stronger you're getting you know whatever your performance goal is your physique will change alongside that but you can't focus on purely your physique because it is the most draining thing ever to do. It's so draining. And no, completely. And it is, it is, it's hard. It's so hard though, because there's such a culture in athletics. And I've heard quite a lot of people say, like, even like European coaches or just different people at different competitions just say things like, oh, yeah, but if she lost weight, she'd jump higher. Or, yeah, okay, but she needs to lean up or like, and it's like, or he, and, and it's like, oh I'm like oh yeah I think you need to be careful and say and then there's also a lot of people and a lot of coaches that are very politically correct and don't talk about weight which is great but then also it's like it is a bit hard because like maybe they're right like maybe maybe yeah. it's so hard it's so hard yeah I think in this day and age as well where it's really frowned upon for people to say anything about anybody's weight or anything like that but in your sport at the end of the day if someone is lighter they might be better it's it but how do you how do you approach that as a coach because oh completely and there's the opposite way around as well like I am very much like like my coach is always saying to me like um he's trying to put lots of um, upper body in my program and I'm very much like I don't want to do that I'm like no I don't, I don't want to do that and he's like no need like you need to and then we have we have this ongoing ongoing joke because I was doing shot the other day and I I didn't do my upper body gym last week because I can't remember why I didn't do it because I th- I think I didn't have time like I had to rush off to physio or something he was like do it tomorrow I'll do it the next day and then I've kind of forgotten just didn't do it which is really bad but anyway and then I ended up having a really really good shot session and it was really funny because I was like yeah you see I don't need to do upper body and all this like like joking he was like no need to say like and it's funny because he's then like trying to be like no no you need to you know like get bigger muscles and and like be stronger and all this and then your performance be better and then I'm like oh but I don't want to be stronger well I I do want to be stronger but I don't want to and it's like this thing where I think you get that was me, especially when I was younger. Like I used to just not do my upper body at all. I was like, no, I'm not doing it. Whereas now, like me, me now, I'm completely different. Like I do all my sets and I get try and get stronger. But it's interesting. I think it will get to a point as well where you're like, 
I actually just want to throw far and run fast. So if I need to Mm. change my body in this certain way, I'll do it for the greater good. So I think if you take away your aesthetics and don't care about that and just focus on performance, maybe that's healthier. Yeah. Definitely healthier. Oh, I'd honestly like, I find it so interesting because I, I never have experienced obviously any of the athletes. I can't even speak athletics and aesthetic side of things. Um, so I'm really curious as to like what happens with that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. I obviously see you guys, you all have incredible physiques, obviously, because of, of the training that you do, it's inevitable. Yeah. But like it's it's just wild to think that you guys would ever sort of think, oh, I don't look good. But then that's the same for everyone, isn't it? Because <laughs> I I have like the worst body dysmorphia in the world. <laughs> I swear, the more you train or the more you do anything, the more in tune you are with how you feel about your body for whatever reason, which is not good. I completely, honestly, I bet if you went to the track, like the bodies there are incredible. And I bet if you spoke to all of them, like this, like like girls, just, we just chat and we're just friends and stuff and everyone's all friends. People are like, oh, I feel really this today. Oh, I'm really bloated today. Oh, I need to lose this. And you're like, you look incredible. So then I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) So then, and when my, um, my friends say that to me, I'm like, wait what you look incredible so I'm like maybe I should take my own advice and just firm it so like I'm also kind of good at that and just being like you know what it's what it is exactly Um, and it just goes to show that everyone feels like that so you might as well just try and get comfortable in yourself because (laughs) someone else is going to be looking at you going damn like she looks freaking insane like I am watching you on Instagram (laughs) (laughs) I I agree I, I hear you exactly I also think as well like in because like our training is periodized as well so like this is a big thing we always have to try and remember like I'm not competing right now so like in 12 weeks I will look different than I will look now if I'm you know uh, consistent and I I, like I mean to be honest from like the eye I probably won't look different at all really realistically but like you know my your training comes down you lift less weight you run more the summer season comes like training just completely changes Mm. so like also I think when you compare like I compare myself against summer me last year I'm like oh my god I look so much leaner I'm Mm. like yeah but Neve like you weren't doing like four sets of like mad reps do you know what I mean like I would and I wasn't running so much that I have to eat so much because I'm training so much like it you know so I think Mm. that's a big thing in athletics as well like your body changes so much throughout the year yeah yeah interesting so finally talk to me about what's next for you because obviously this is onto the positive stint where yes. it's gonna happen and you're not gonna get injured no I'm not <laughs> <Touch wood. laughs> so talk to me about what's next for you um so I so I'm so I have a heptathlon that we're gonna you know pending nothing goes wrong like jesus but um i'm gonna try and do a, a heptathlon in 12 weeks which is in april um it's like the first um heptathlon you can do of the of like series so i'm gonna try and do that and then um i really want to go to the world champs um but my main aim this year is to just get a ranking position to qualify for the Olympics in 2024. So because obviously, well, not obviously, but because I've had um, a couple of rough years, we feel like getting a place, like a spot in the Olympics is the priority. So like, I just need to kind of cement that Um, because you can qualify uh, for marathon and heptathlon um, and decathlon like the year early because it's so 
Uh, I think that's still right. But um, yeah, so I'll try and get my ranking position. Um, so yeah, and then I'm hopefully do two heptathlons uh, and then go to the Worlds. Obviously, if I don't go to Worlds, then that's fine. I'll be pretty disappointed, but it'll like bigger picture and then um there's the main aim is um paris 2024 um so yeah everything we're doing it's it's really crazy like everything we're doing now is for paris 2024 it's like because the indoor season is right now and um i really wanted to do indoors this year and um but me and my coach was like let's just be sensible let's just not risk anything and just try and um smash outdoors so yeah yeah i'm really excited um their world champs are in budapest in, in august i think so that's the athletics world championships so that will be really cool if i can go there um you know mm. do you get any opportunity to like actually explore whilst you're there or is it just yeah. you go and compete and then you come home no you that so it changed a little bit with COVID. So with COVID happening, the flights were all weird and you had to fly in and fly out and it was all weird. But before that, like when I went to, so I went to Commonwealth Games and um, that was in Gold Coast, Australia. And like we, so they pay for your flight home, but you can move it if you want. So me and four of the girls um, kept the flight that they like paid for, but we just moved it like, and we just stayed out there and just, amazing. it was amazing. So I'm hoping Maybe they can do that for Budapest, but it's super close, and maybe we could just stay out there anyway. And just... Yeah, amazing. But, yeah, it, I feel like you wouldn't explore before because you'll just be so nervous and like. But after, oh, yeah. definitely yeah. prioritize all your rest and like stuff beforehand. Yeah, yeah, proper athlete. I know that was really explanatory. Rest and stuff, <laughs> all the rest and stuff beforehand. But yeah, no. To be fair. <laughs> Oh, so exciting. Well, no, it was so interesting, honestly, chatting to you. I I love just hearing about other things, as I've said a million times already. Um, So thank you so much for coming on here today. And I really hope you stay injury free. Honestly, I have all my fingers crossed. (laughs) Me too. I feel like I've just blabbed on and it was very chaotic. But yeah, honestly, chaotic is better. (laughs) It's literally my brain. Like it doesn't function normally. (laughs) It is fine. (laughs) All good. Well, thank you so much, Neve. Um, and everyone that's listening to this podcast, I will catch you next week. Yes. Thank you for having me. Bye.